MashaAllah, there's two things in this masjid which strikes the reality of life into your heart. One is this clock. Every dot you see shows you a second of your life uh, moving. And when the light comes on just now, I don't know, after Taraweeh, it reminds you of when we will be placed in our qabr in darkness. And suddenly, the malaika will appear. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep us with steadfastness and firm and thabat uh, with the correct answers in the qabr, inshaAllah. One of the verses recited tonight, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes full control of the souls of human beings at the time of their death and those souls that do not die when people are asleep. So when a person sleeps, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes full control. Allah is in control whether you are alive or whether you are awake or asleep. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in control of the ruh. In other words, there is some detachment of a person's ruh and soul from his physical body. Although not a complete detachment, unless the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is for that person to pass away, then there's a complete separation between the ruh and the, the spirit and the, there we go, and the, and the body. And this ruh, when it detaches from the body, it enters into another realm, into another existence. And this is what the ulama say is the world in which people see dreams. Because it's not actually part of the physical world. A person is, his ruh is moving out into another world. But there is an attachment to his body due to which he's still alive. And if a person is meant to pass away, then there's a complete separation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, the one upon whom death has been decreed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala holds with the command of Allah that soul does not return. And the arwah and the souls of the others return to the body, in other words, completely. And the, the mufassirin say, the ulama explain that the returning of the soul to the body happens faster than a blink of an eye. So at that time when, when the alarm goes off, and you suddenly hear, that is the time the ruh is coming back into the body. And Allah describes very amazingly how he has created this, this human being. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taken you out from the wombs of your mothers, and you knew nothing. Allah created for you the ability to hear, and the ability to see, and your ability to understand and comprehend. In another verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَهُوَ الَّذِي أَنْشَأَ لَكُمُ السَّمْعَ وَالْأَبْصَارَ وَالْأَفْئِدَ قَلِيلًا مَا تَشْكُرُونَ The same sequence. And the ulama say, when a person is sleeping, if you just think of the time of suhoor, the first thing that, that functions is your ears. You hear the alarm. And then your eyes try to see where the phone is. And then you realize whether is it a qaylula in the afternoon or is it the morning. You're not sure where you are. So this is the sequence, and only this sequence can only be known to the one who created us, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says sometimes those arwah come back into the person, and sometimes it is withheld by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَاتٍ لِقَوْمٍ يَتَفَكَّرُونَ Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says the quality of the mu'mineen, وَإِذَا ذُكِرَ اللَّهُ وَحْدَهُ إِشْمَأَزَّتْ قُلُوبُ الَّذِينَ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ بِالْآخِرَةِ when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is discussed, or when you're speaking about things related to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, those people whose hearts are void of an attachment to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that hearts become uneasy. 
So if things of deen, things of the benefit of dunya, qabr, and akhirah is mentioned and a person feels uneasy, then we need to know, then it, we, need, we need a check-up. There's some spiritual condition that we need to have remedied. And when you speak about anything else other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then these people, referring to the kuffar, they, they, their hearts are easy and, 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 and comfortable and happy that you're talking about something other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So therefore, it is a sign for the believer to check our hearts constantly and see that when we hear things about deen, when we hear things about Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa about akhirah, does that make our hearts happy or do we feel uncomfortable? And when we hear the things of dunya or the, or the trivial things of this dunya, does that catch our attention or not? This is a point to reflect on. Another verse of great importance Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to convey a message unto us and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Qul, say O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Ya ibadi alladhina asrafu ala anfusihim O my servants who have wronged themselves La taqnatu min rahmatillah Do not lose hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Inna allaha yaghfiru al-dhunuba jami'a Allah forgives all sins Innahu huwa al-ghafoorul rahim most certainly Allah alone is Al-Ghafoor, Al-Rahim, the being who forgives and the one who is most merciful. Sayyidina Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu an, he used to say that this is one verse in the Quran which gives sinners like us the most hope. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself says, those who have wronged themselves, they have gone overboard in their disobedience, do not lose hope and despair. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive all sins. Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Abbas says this verse is one, but there is another verse which also gives hope to the sinners, which are people like us. Most certainly Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive. He is most forgiving for people, although they oppress themselves and they do wrong. So these are verses that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to us as a comfort. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his infinite ilm and knowledge knows the weakness that we find ourselves in, the challenges that we do have, whether it be us or whether it be our children, or whether it be the Muslim community in general. And this is why in various places Rasulullah sallallahu gave forms of encouragement for us to not lose hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It doesn't matter what a person did in his life, doesn't matter how bad he was, whether it is murder or zina or whatever, even kufr before death, if a person repents unto Allah and comes back to, to deen, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive the sins of the past. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa states in a hadith, Man that person who says subhanallah after a fard salah 33 times and he says allahu akbar 33 times and he says alhamdulillah 33 times and he concludes and finishes the 100 with these words, La ilaha illallahu wahdahu la sharika lah, lahu al-mulku wa lahu al-hamdu wa huwa ala kulli shayin qadir, ghufirat dhunubuhu, all his sins are pardoned, walau kanat mithla zabadil bahar, even if his sins be equal to the foam of the oceans. Now, I think all of us together, all of us putting all our sins together from the time we became baligh, inshallah, I don't think we'll have that much sins which is equal to the foam in the ocean. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa says, after every fard salah, recite Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar 33 times, 33 times, 33 times, and the 100 you say, La ilaha illallah, wahdahu la sharika la, 
له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير all those sins are forgiven and generally the muhaddithin say when we say sins are forgiven it refers to the sagair the minor sins the minor sins are the sins that we generally we fall prey to during our day to day activities and the major sins like murder like zina like stealing those which are known as mubiqat the destructive sins which rasulullah sallallahu mentioned in hadith that requires tawba that requires repentance sincerely unto allah subhanahu wa ta'ala otherwise the, the minor sins that we do uh, sometimes a person uh, is driving and he sees something which he's not supposed to see he doesn't lower his glance and he looks at a second time which is impermissible those are minor sins and these are pardoned by these types of tasbihat and the, the good deeds that we engage in. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us these avenues so that these sins can be forgiven. So there's no need for a person to become despondent. Allah has kept the door open for us. This is a time where many times people feel, hey, you know, I'm so bad. Mawana, if you knew what I did in my life, then... Uh, and in fact, the, the verse which I just recited, the Mufassirin say, this was revealed on an occasion when some of the people who wanted to embrace Islam said to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa of Allah, if we have to tell you the type of sins we committed, we, we, we don't know if we can ever be pardoned for the type of things we did. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed this verse telling not to lose hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah has given us honor. We are in a Muslim community, in Muslim families. families. We have our weaknesses and shortcomings. But the most important thing is to turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rasulullah sallallahu mentions in a hadith, a famous hadith of the man of the Bani Israel. He was a serial killer. He killed 99 people. The famous hadith, we all would have heard about it already. And he goes to somebody and he says, listen, I think I had enough now. Is there any chance that, uh, you know, I can, I can make a U-turn and go in the right direction? That man says, 99? I don't think there's a chance for you. So he said, I might as well make it a century. So he killed that one also. And the hadith is mentioned, he killed the 100th person. He said, well, if there's no hope for me, then there's no harm if I, if I just round it off. Then he goes to a scholar who had some understanding and the scholar told him, yes, but you need to make a practical change in your life. Why didn't you go to a particular area? There are some pious people, there's good company there. You stay in their company and you turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and your past will be pardoned. So he said, okay. And he sets out in that direction. But on his way, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala willed that it was his time to leave this world. So now the malaika descending to make hisab and sort out his ruh, which direction is going, right or left? Is it going to uh, Ashabul Naim or Ashabul Jahim, people of Jannah or Jahannam? So both groups of Malaika descend. And now they're having a discussion. The Malaika of Adab say, This man killed a hundred. There's no way we can let you take him. We have to take him because we've got the hisab of his whole life. The Malaika of Rahma said, No, this person came with the intention of changing his life. So he was already turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they presented their dispute to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instructed them to measure the distance of the land from his point of departure to where he was and from where, he, where he, his body was to his final destination. Was he Whichever one he was closer to, that would be the decision made in his favor or against him. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed the distance between him and his final destination to be shortened. So he was closer to the point that he was intending to head towards. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgave him based on his intention. 
So it's never too late to respect the brothers and sisters in Islam. Sometimes in the environment in which we live, we have so many, so many negative things. Oh, it's haram, and you're going to Jahannam, and this is... We, everybody knows how bad they are. We all know how bad we are. But we need to, to look at some, something in the life of Rasulullah sallallahu which gives us hope. Something which makes, uh, gives a person some positivity in his life. He, we know the doom and gloom outside there, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us iman. And with iman, we can find something positive. A mu'min is somebody, he looks at something negative and he'll still find a way to, to find some positivity out of it. Sayyidina Abdullah bin Zubair radiallahu an, the grandson of Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu an. It's a famous story the historians mention. It flooded in Mecca. So nobody could make tawaf. So he thought to himself, I've got an idea. فَطَافَ بِالْبَيْتِ أُسْبُوعًا سِبَاحَةً So he made tawaf around the Kaaba for one week swimming. So it was a negative situation. He didn't say, okay, I'll relax for one week until the water dissipates and there's no, when it goes away, I'll make tawaf. But he placed his name on the list of those few people in the world who perhaps swam around the Kaaba making tawaf. So something is negative, something is... A Muslim always looks for something which is positive. Try to find a good meaning. And this is what Rasulullah taught us. Even in names, for example, Nabi if somebody had a name, he would take a good meaning out of it. Somebody, if somebody's name is Salim, Salim means a person who is uh, safe from being bitten by a snake. So a person who is, sometimes a person who is bitten by a snake, they call him Salim as a good omen so that he is cured. So Nabi taught us to look at, at positives. Our problem today, respected brothers, is when we interact with one another. So I see somebody coming into the masjid. And I look at him and I say, hey, um, he doesn't have a kurta like, I, like my kurta. And he doesn't have a turban. And maybe his beard is not as, as uh, long as mine. So in my mind, I already start judging that brother. This is called su'udhan in sharia. Having ill thoughts towards your fellow Muslim brother and sister. And then when he comes to me and we sit and talk, then I say, hey, you know, he's not a bad guy. Alhamdulillah, he's a good guy. Whereas it's supposed to be the other way around. When I, when I saw him for the first time, I should say, MashaAllah, there's a brother coming. Let me speak to him and introduce myself and see how he is. And then if I find a fault in him, I would say that, you know, we all have our weaknesses. He is still my brother and his weakness, inshallah, I will try to uh, assist him and help him get rid of that particular weakness. But we don't do that. We will look for every fault in every person besides the faults that we have in ourselves. There was a pious among the tabi'een. They were sitting in atikaf. And this man wakes his son up for uh, tahajjud. And uh, they perform their salah. And the, father, the son tells the father, Oh, father, you know, we did our tahajjud. But look at all these other people. They're sleeping. Tahajjud time, they're sleeping. And they're in atikaf. What did they come for? So the father tells the son, My son, it would have been better if you remained asleep. Because you're performing tahajjud thinking that you are better than them. And their hearts are clean towards you. So they are better off than you are. This is why the ulama say, keeping your heart clean and having good character towards other people. Good character is a trait and a quality Allah gives a person which cannot be damaged with a lot of sins also. And bad character cannot be supplemented with good deeds. So a person does a lot of good deeds, but his character is bad. That good deeds are not going to, not going to make up for the, for the shortfall he possesses in his life. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, give us the ability to perfect our akhlaq and give us the ability to turn to him also and never to lose hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The famous hadith, the famous hadith which comes in Sahih al-Bukhari is known as hadith al-bitaqa. Hadith al-bitaqa. In fact, this is mentioned by Muhyiddin 
Shaykh Al-Akbar Muhyiddin ibn Al-Arabi rahimahullah. He says there are three types of maghfirah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has for his servants. The first type of maghfirah is where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yaghfiru abtida'an. He forgives a servant without any question. And he refers to a hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa which Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu anh narrates where some people asked him, Oh Abdullah bin Umar, tell us of the hadith of the najwa, of the private discussion. So he said on the day of Qiyamah, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will call one person from my ummah. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will drop a veil behind him so nobody will be able to see what is happening, what is being asked. And the hadith further on says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will then pose a question to the servant. That, فَعَلْتَ كَذَا وَكَذَا وَكَذَا You did this son and this son. Is that right? And he will say, نَعَمْ يَا رَبْ نَعَمْ يَا رَبْ Yes Allah, I did that. I, yes Allah, I did that. That is my son. I did that wrong. حَتَّى أَقَرَّهُ بِذُنُوبِهِ Until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make him confess to all his sins. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will tell him, Oh my servant, I concealed your fault in this dunya. I didn't expose your faults and your sins to people. I will forgive your sins now also. Nobody will know that you committed those sins. And that person will, may Allah make us amongst them. And the second group of, of people are the ones, like mentioned in the hadith al-bitaqah, the people who will be pardoned at the time of the mizan and hisab. So the, the a'mal will come, good deeds, bad deeds. Rasulullah sallallahu said one person will come. And he will have 99 registers, files of his bad deeds. And every, every register is as far as I can see. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask him, did the malaika wrong you in any way? Was there any mistake in the hisab that was taken down of your deeds? He will say, no, Allah, that is my hisab. Allah will ask him, is there any good deed that you did in your life? He said, Allah, I got nothing. Me, I was hopeless. I, I was a sinner. I, I, was, I had nothing. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will tell him, there's no zulm today, no oppression today. There is something that we have of yours. He'll tell the malaika, bring it. They'll come out with a, a small piece of paper, small. One is 99 registers, as far as the eye can see. And one is a small piece of paper. And he will look and he'll say, there's no need to do hisab. What's the small piece of paper going to do in comparison to 99 registers? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, And that will be placed in, in the scale of his good deeds. And Rasulullah said, It will be so weighty that the 99 scales will, 99 registers of, of his bad deeds will fly and it will outweigh his sins. And Allah will, will forgive him on the basis of just saying, La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah. The paper will have written on it, La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah. And the third person, uh, Ibn al-Arabi rahimahullah mentions, is that individual who will perhaps go to Jahannam because of his sins. But Allah will take him out, and even then the favor of Allah on him will be more than the punishment he endured. Because his punish, the punishment of a believer in the fire of Jahannam is not to humiliate him or disgrace him. It's not for ihana, but it is for tatheer, to purify him to purify him and remove the blemishes of his sins from his heart. The method of purification will be like fire is used to purify gold. So to make him valuable again, the defects of his a'mal will be removed. And then he will go to Jannah. But, but the rewards Allah will give him will be even more than the difficulty that he endured because of his sins. So respected brothers, as believers in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we should constantly turn to Allah. Let us not lose hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you make a sin, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told, If you commit a sin, do a good deed, it will wipe away the effect of the sin. 
these sins and shaitan is, 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 is very sharp he's, he's the oldest in this trade shaitan if we put all our ages together he's older than all of us so he knows exactly how to trick us sometimes he can use a good deed to trick you so he'll wake you up for tahajjud I say hey I woke up for tahajjud but then he makes you masfajr because you have a nap after that again so he woke you up for that which is the lesser of the two great a'mal and you lose out in something something big uh, sometimes he tells you the, he'll remind you of the good, of the good deed he'll say you see there's big people there you need to be humble so humble yourself and lower. so he's telling you to humble yourself but in reality there's some other motivation so that people can say you are humble so a person needs to check his heart all the time is it for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because the attacks of shaitan are continuous but we never lose hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when there's a sin we turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say one tasbih say subhanallah give some sadaqah sometimes the sins can be without realizing from the, if we just make hisab from the time we leave our homes in the morning when we're going to work you go into a shop sometimes it's a wrong glance sometimes it's touching the hand of a ghair mahram when we're giving change or collecting change and uh, shaitan Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the other hand Allah knows exactly what is in our hearts what the motivation is behind giving the change and taking it in that particular way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is alimun bidatis sudur. So all those sins will be pardoned by tasbih and tahleel and the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or doing some good deed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has kept this door open for all of us respected brothers. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq to turn to him. And uh, in fact in our community I just thought there has been a janazah also and there are quite a few people sick in the hospitals. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant them shifa. We request the brothers to make dua for all those who are sick. Some one of our musallis uh, wife, is, she's busy. I think uh, maybe they're done now. They started at 4 o'clock with a, a bypass surgery. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide the doctors and uh, grant her complete shifa inshallah. One of the, the musallis' mothers passed away. I think the janazah is now at half past. Um, May Allah make her maghfirah, insha'Allah. And uh, all those of our family members and friends who have passed away, may Allah fill their qabrs with nur, in, nur insha'Allah, and uh, elevate their stages in the akhirah. Insha'Allah, we'll have a short dhikr now, and uh, we'll conclude with dua, insha'Allah.